Today, I want to just share something on a topic of obedience. In fact, Isaiah 119 says something that if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The land has some good things in it. It's not all the time that lands have bad things. As much as there are bad things in the land, there are also what? Good things in the land. He said, if you obey the Lord, then you shall eat the good of the land. Sometimes we have to understand that there is God part and there is man part. It is when these two parts meet, that is where blessings comes. God may bless you with all spiritual blessings, but it takes your obedience to enjoy the blessings. Throughout the Bible, whatever happened, even the miracles that happened, you will find the underlying thing called obedience. Jesus will tell his disciples, go and fill this pot with water. The water will never turn to wine until the disciples obey to fill the pot. A time I said, rise up and walk. The man will never be able to walk until he obeys the voice of Christ that says, rise up and walk. He can either decide to lie down or to rise up. Whatever miracle that happened, it happened from God's side and man's obedience to the word of God. Anytime we put obedience aside, we are putting ourselves in great trouble. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 4. We'll read some few scriptures. It says, You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. Now, Christianity has pushed this aspect aside. But we need to go back to this foundation. The whole duty of man is to fear God and to obey him. In fact, our duty is to obey him. Even your salvation, even though it was free, it also is bound with obedience. Many heard the message, but many did not heed to it. Those who heeded to it and obeyed it, they are the ones that are saved. As many as received him, is obedient. For you to receive him, it is an obedience. You, you, you are obeying the word of God that come into me. They are the ones that are the sons of God. Christianity is full of obedience. And the first person to obey is God. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 9 to, to 10. God demands that we should obey. And he said, for as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance who is the Lord your God is giving you. But when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies round about you, so that you dwell in it. The purpose of going there is to obey God to get there. For you to get there, you'll find out that they're supposed to get there earlier. And fear 
and disobedient, delayed them for 40 years. They got to a place, Moses said, go and scout the place, go and look at the place, how find the places that what God has said, whether it is true, thinking that when they see the word of God in reality, they will believe. But when they went, they saw God's word, well, God said this is a land that brings up A, B, C, D, all that God said, they saw it. But Satan will also show you other things. While God is showing us something in this world, Satan is also showing us another thing in the world. He also showed them some giants. Then they saw the giant, the descendant of Anna came from the giant. And we were like what? Some of us have the grasshopper mentality. If you have grasshopper mentality, you will never reach anywhere. You've already defeated yourself. You should be able to tell yourself that this height, if God say, I can get there, I can get there, then you work towards that and move towards that. But if you look at the situation and you throw in the towel, you never win any battle. Never allow the situation to let us look like grasshoppers. I'm a human being. God did not promise grasshoppers that land. In fact, if you put grasshoppers in a land, they will destroy the land. Whatsoever God says you can do, you can do. You are not just an ordinary person. You are walking by promise. And that promise must be obeyed. But in obeying the promises, there shall be hindrances, there shall be giants that you will see. There will be things that will frighten you to move away from obeying God. Keep on moving. God is on your side, and you will win. Israel sent 12 people, and the 12 people, their testimony, no people fear can affect others. Sometimes, you ask somebody why, the reason why he's afraid, he can't even tell you because somebody was afraid and said something. He didn't even find out the story the person gave, whether it was true. And he keeps on multiplying the fear. And all of us become crippled like grasshoppers. If I hear anything, I want to find out for myself the truth. Once I find the truth, I ask myself, have God given me the ability to overcome this situation? If yes, how do I overcome it? That is my concern. Not how do I run away? So, obedience is very important, and they return from spying, and when they return, they brought bad news for that night. The entire Israel cried, and they decided to stone Moses. They wanted to set up leadership that will listen to their fear and move them back to where they came from. But God has promised them. Here is a promise. The promise is true, but there are hindrances and there are blockages. How do we overcome the blockages? How do we overcome the strength? We are not fighters. There are giants. And when we look at their sizes and our sizes, we cannot face this people. We cannot solve this problem. How can we solve the problem? We then have to go back to the God who promised. Two of them 
put their faith in God. They said, true, these people, when we look at their sizes, when we compare them, we are no match. But we are not the one who is sending the group there. We look at our captain. And when we look at our captain and look at those people, they are no match. So let's go. That is how life ought to be. It doesn't mean that the situation does not exist. The situation exists, but there is a greater wisdom, a greater power that can overcome it. And that is what we must look for. Fear can make you disobey. What we see, what we feel, what we hear can create fear in us and let us disobey the voice of God. The whole duty of a man is, one, to fear God. Two, to obey him. Ecclesiastes, I like the how Ecclesiastes put it, chapter 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear who? You see, the fear of God has been removed from church. When people don't have that reverence and fear for God, they can do anything. That is why you have 70% of Christians in Ghana. But all of us are complaining that there is corruption. Who are those practicing the corruption? But there is no fear. Ah, before God, you can still. We have no fear. Fear of God is gone. While people are in church, they are making lovey, lovey. Just leave your emotions outside and come and serve God. You have a particular place you want to sit. But there's a particular woman in front of you. There's a particular place you want to sit. Because there's a particular brother who always comes to sit there. And when you sit there, you feel good in your... <laughs> and you are church. In church, oh. When God's fear is there, you want to do something, you know God is there. You see, the grace of God is not just to be taken for granted. God put this fear in the early church. Because the Holy Spirit was moving and people were bringing their, their money, everything. And some couple, they just came and they wanted to be hypocrites. They sold their land. It is in their power to give or not to give. But they came pretending as if and had them in church. Oh, this is all that I have. We are bringing everything. My whole life is being put with your The wife also came. Peter tried to help her out. He said, oh, tell her the truth. How much did you sell the thing? Because you wanted to protect your man by lies before God, not before man. And the Bible said that she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carried her out, buried her by her husband to go and keep on lying there. <laughs> and great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. That Christianity is not a joke. That what is happening is not just a concept. 
Not that somebody have just come and you just come to come and say something and go. It's not like where you should go and do those things. When you come to the house of God, you must know that God knows the heart of man. He sees everything. What you do outside, he knows it. Fear came into the church. Reverence of God came. People were working well. The fear of God have departed from the heart of men. The fear of God have departed from the house of God and from the children of God. Wherever we should get to, God should be our number one fear and not men. Once you put man's fear first, you are finished. Respect men, but fear God. Respect God. I mean, good fear. He's a God that sees everything. He is a God that knows everything. We can't hide anything from him. But our blessings comes when we obey him. The whole duty of man is to... Oh, let me go back. And I've moved. I know maybe somebody needed the message. That's why I gave it to you. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep what? Keep his commandment. For this is what? The whole duty of what? What is your whole duty? And what? So anytime you go to your house, there's a problem between you and your wife, your husband. You must know your duty is to fear God so you treat them well and to obey him. What is God telling you to do to your wife or your husband? How does God tell us to relate to one another? That is our duty. It's not a favor. When you forgive a brother, it's not a favor, it's a duty. He said, forgive one another. It's a command. Love one another. It's a command. So once you are loving somebody, I mean, when I talk about love, I'm talking about the agape love. The agape love, love, it always won't love and give without expecting anything from the one you give to. The other loves, when it gives you help, he said there's no free lunch anywhere. <laughs> He's giving you lunch, but he says it's no free. That's not the kind of love I'm talking about. It's your duty. To love one another. It's your duty to serve in the house of God. When you are serving, you are not serving a pastor. You are not serving the church. It's a duty of everyone. It's my duty to preach to you whether I feel good or I don't feel good. Whether you pay me or you don't pay me, it's my duty. If you stop paying me, I will still preach to you without bitterness because... I know that is my duty to my God. He first sent me, but because he sent me and I must eat, you are paying me. <laughs> so anytime you are obeying the word of God, you must know that is your word. So what is your duty? How do we obey God? Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 16. 
This day, the Lord your God commands you to observe this statute and judgment. Therefore, you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. You don't obey God half-heartedly. When you want to obey God, obey him fully. Some of the kings, they obey God in one side. You choose which area you want to obey. No, Christianity is not like that. You must obey him fully. If he says, I demand holiness from you, he demands holiness from you. Let us obey him. What is his word saying? His word comes to you first. You should be able to put down your life for his word. Obey him and it shall be well with you. There was a king. One day I'll preach about him. Second King chapter 22 verse 1. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedida, the daughter of Adiah of Boscah. I thank God they mentioned the mother's name. And he did what was what? Right where? I thank God for the mother. The mother did a good job. Train a child the way he should go. And when that child grows, he will never depart from it. So what type of training did he get? The training he got is what we are reading. This is what the mother taught him. Everything was going wrong around him. But the mother taught him how to do the right. The mother taught him, gave him the principle of God. That look, God is first. Everything you do, do this. So at eight years, he knew what is right and what is wrong. Do not let us neglect our children. Look, let's start training them. Sometimes you think the children, they are children. Hey, don't deceive yourself. What they know. Now, the way the world is, information is for everyone. And sometimes when you buy your new phone, it is your six-year, seven-year, eight-year boy that you ask to fix for you. And by the time you realize the way they will do it and where they will go, you have no idea about how they got there. Train the child the way he should go. When he grows, he will not depart from that. And this king did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father, David. David was not his father. His father was the previous king. But the Bible did not mention him as a father. Because the behavior of that person did not correspond with the boy's behavior. The same way as we behave like God, God becomes our father. He's our father and we are his children. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left side. And that is where I want you to be. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. And obey him with all your heart. God wants your total commitment to him. Not giving half-heartedly. Some say, oh, when I grow and I'm old, then I can give my life to Christ totally. You don't know when you'll be called. 
Children died. Teenagers died. In 20s, people died. 30 people died. 40 people died. Sometimes people you think they should die earlier. They are living. So, this is the day. If you are committing your life, commit your life totally to God. I'm encouraging church members that commit your life totally to God. Serve him with all your heart, not with ulterior motive. Somebody say, hey, there are plenty cars. When I come here, I'll get a job. So you join the church because of the cars. You look for a job, you don't get a job. You get discouraged. You must come to church because of Christ and receive it and have your own conviction. You see, conviction is what I call Christianity. You should be convicted that Christ is the Lord. When you have this conviction and encounter with God, even, excuse me, if your pastor fools, you will never fool. You know that the God you had an encounter with, that is not how he is. He is not like that pastor. I hope you're getting me. I want you yourself to establish your own faith in Christ. But the way the storms are blowing, if you don't take time, your faith will shake. Hook your anchor on Christ. The storm may blow. Doctrines may come. People may fall. But you will surely stand because you have real conviction about Christ. God bless you. Next week, I will continue with the message.